as ever, I can tell you that. Right. We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, well I don't get it. I get a day cold. It's no good! He missed it. it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Everybody, welcome to episode 36 of the Soda City Sit Down. We've got a sad episode tonight. We've been doing the countdown for a couple of weeks, but tonight sad is Austin's last episode. And in typical Austin fashion, I, I catch that, Clayton. I will acknowledge that. That's rude. True. That's <laughs> rude. Give him one but, day. But in typical Austin fashion, nothing can go right. He was already a half hour late to our recording. And then his mic wouldn't work. So we spent the last 30 minutes uh, leading into this recording trying to figure out, just well, really just waiting for Austin to figure out how to do it. So Austin is recording his final episode on his phone, and it it sounds rough. Of course, Austin always sounds rough, but oh boy. The thing is, Austin's is. audio started so low on like day one that this is actually still not as bad as it used to be. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Austin, oh, there's a little laugh. Give us a little give us a little taste of what we're working with. I him. guess I just don't have a voice for this kind of thing. That's why I'm joining the Air Force, guys. I just wasn't cut out for this work. <laughs> man, that's rough. You you don't have a face for radio. What are you trying you to say about military men <laughs> and women? <laughs> it's just tough when you have a face for radio, but you don't have a voice for radio. Oof. <laughs> I know. When you go to the airport. <laughs> Speaking of face, yeah, you're already you you're baby faced already, right? You, you yes, got the uh, the military look, looking like a straight up. Uh, you lost at least twenty something years off of his look. Yeah. I, look like I, I look pounds. like I'm not even old enough to vote, so I. <laughs> yeah. it's bad. So this is going to be Austin's last episode. Uh, deep down somewhere, we are sad about it. Next week, I guess we'll kick off. The Letters from Home series. Uh, once again, if you haven't been listening, um, if you missed it at all, we're going to be writing Austin letters. Austin, you also have to give us your address before you leave. We can't forget to do that, or else this is going to kind of. Yeah, I don't. Have, I won't get it till I uh, till I fly in. So, um, what? I'll make sure I get it to you guys though. Yeah, I'm about to say, you, gonna say, you it might not have it till like a weekend. I'm gonna. I'll get it to you guys. I promise. You, you better that. get it to us. You better. I'm are you going to be able to like look at your phone like periodically or no? So the, the, when I get in there, I'll like I'll have my phone the day I fly in, and then they'll give me my mailing address, and they'll literally give me my phone to do that one thing, and that's give everyone my mailing address, and then I'll have to put it away. So how many text messages do you think Austin will have between our couple groups? He said oh my he's going to leave. It, it might be at least ten thousand. He said he's going to leave the group message. Crash. I'm going to unfortunately have to leave all the group messages to avoid what? my phone breaking. Yeah, if you, I mean, it really, I think it would seriously crash. Also, it would suck to go through all that too. Like you, he'd be. He told me he'd be stuck going through it for like five days, just like trying to catch. Well, you back. just open it up, get rid of all the notifications, and just be done. It would be a nightmare. That's if you don't it have would, like OCD. It'd be a nightmare. So he'll leave the group messages, and we can just absolutely just talk so much trash about him for like nine. I'll weeks. just spend it. I mean, anyway, we do that while so, he's in I mean, the it's not like, yeah. yeah, nothing's I mean, changed. Yeah, but like nothing's we, changed. there's no, there's no like danger. Like he's never gonna see it ever. It's no like, fun. To, like I'm so sad that we won't be able to make fun of Austin in fantasy anymore. Oh, we'll it's still. Like, that's like that's that like half the fun of the league. <laughs> that's true. There's that's plenty true. of other people to make fun of this year. That's true. yeah. Another sad moment for us. Uh, we had to go through our our fantasy draft without Austin. Austin was a part of it. He was involved. He was there. 
he was coaching up some of the, his replacement, but uh, he wasn't personally able to make any of the picks. Uh, he's out of the league for this year. RIP in peace to Austin's fantasy. I'm a little disappointed. I don't know who I'm going to beat in the fantasy championship this year. Normally, Austin holds that spot for me. It's going to be really different this year. We're going to be missing him over the next couple of weeks when the Dolphins are losing and we have no one to laugh at except for Austin. And he's not going to even be able to be on the butt of that joke. At least, at least there's one thing that hasn't changed with our League of Collusion is that there's already been collusion. Because for those, I guess it was only me who was at, at Matt's house when we did our draft, but two other, three other people were drafting at the time. Matt, uh, we were like all, all drafting. And then all of a sudden, his Wi-Fi just stopped working for the entire time. We're like, oh, why? Why isn't it working anymore? And then like 30 minutes after the draft happened, <laughs> Matt looks at his at his router because he's like, why didn't this work? Oh, wait, I unplugged it the entire time. So we were all left out of being able to draft on our computers except him because he had a hotspot. And I think he says it was an innocent thing, but I'm going to say it on recording collusion number one matt was hogan oh, wait 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 matt was hogan. don't y'all don't y'all all have like iphones we do but it's i mean it's not as easy to like search through things when it's on a phone yeah but y'all all could have just used a hotspot I mean, on your phones I, and I, I, certainly, have hot spots. I certainly inconvenienced the group that being said it makes it even more suspicious that i unplugged the router to plug in my phone which had my hotspot on it <laughs> all signs point but to all collusion. of y'all had the ability to have a hotspot it's what everyone, I, mean. I mean everyone was everyone was fine it didn't make a difference it was just kind of funny yeah uh and i survived covid i did it yeah it hasn't been all doom and gloom this week how's your how's your smelling ability i can't it's gone <laughs> I've, talk, I've talked to a few people that got it in may and don't have their sense of smell still you may and never get it back. God. You I, may I'm never get it back. Oh my god! I'm, I'm trying to adapt to life without it. <laughs> oh my god! Please. At, at least you're not like Devin, who has like a super sense of smell, and then he he would probably really struggle with not being able to smell. He might he might actually get like a normal sense of smell because this is so so strong Maybe. that it might just like remove a little bit. I'm just hoping my other senses just become like superpowers. I'm I'm Next still I'm still blind. So that 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 hasn't changed. <laughs> this time next year, Matt's just going to be able to fly. Like he's just going to tap into that sense. Oh, There's the going to be some sense. random mutation that we're not ready for yet. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna want to fly, but he's actually just going to grow a third arm. It's going to be disappointing. <laughs> so the loss of smell was your only symptom, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say I was immune. You know what I'm saying? So, no, so does, you, you uh, don't have smell. You definitely weren't immune. And wait, you were so positive does food like does food just taste worse now? Like I know they say like so much of taste is in smell. It, I heard it's a different thing. Different. I heard it's not the I same. I feel thing. like it's more that I'm just less hungry. Food still tastes good, but I feel like w- before I eat, I'm like not like salivating not over like over the smell. You know. Well, most of the time oh. when you lose your sense of smell, it's a it's a na- like a nasal congestion thing. And this isn't necessarily the same. It's more of a brain thing. Yeah, so at least you don't have that, like, sinus headache. The worst part yeah. is you can't smell what the rock is good. Huh. I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> Austin's here. 
Christ. Who's going to make those shitty jokes? Oh, so the we, same, still, we still have Tyler. The same rock <laughs> joke. Every Did time. you say shit? <laughs> that's a different joke. That's, we're, we're holding that's off for on later. that one. Yeah. That's not right yeah, that's for later. Tyler, Tyler, that's, our number two, that's our number two segment. That's our number two segment. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We might wear uh, that shit out. Okay. But let's, let's let's start heading that way. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. Uh, we don't have a special Gamecock related segment this week. It's kind of all um, just some some updates, some breakdowns of some news that's come out and everything. Uh, so starting out, starting out. Oh, you see what I kind of did there? You'll see. The big question right now is no. who is going to be the starter at quarterback for the Gamecocks? Is it going to be incumbent starter Ryan Alinsky? Or is it going to be the transfer with two L's and both of his names, Colin Hill? We learned that today, so that's kind of an inside joke. But uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> what are we? What are we thinking about, guys? Uh, who do you think is going to be starting for the Gamecocks come Week One against Tennessee? Sounds like it's going to be Colin Hill. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I I mean, it kind of makes sense because. Helensky didn't look great at the end of last year. I mean, we uh, we chalked it up he a lot to injury and injured. stuff like that. But at the same time, I mean, he wasn't injured enough that they were holding him out until... A&M he also didn't have, like, a ton of spark when he was healthy either. He had some decent... Yes, I mean, he, he played well yeah, in, like, his first couple games he did, but then every... Like eh. from the Georgia game on, he did not play well. Yeah, the and CSU then, game, which of course it was CSU, the Alabama game, and the beginning of the Georgia game, he had plenty of spark. Yeah, I would say that those three games were easily his best and were like high quality SEC starter quarterback play. And as for the rest, well, it, it was, was quality. Like, I would say he played like he was throwing in the face of Alabama and Georgia, two of the best defenses in the in the country. Yeah, it's I fair. guess Alabama was a little bit weaker last year. But then when you compare it to the other games, like the Missouri game was a big flop. And then once the injuries started to pile up and we were also missing some receivers late in the year, he definitely struggled. But if you were to start Holinsky this season, that's why you would start him because he has that talent upside that we've seen. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, his true skill is somewhere in the middle of all of that. And I think what it's going to come down to is experience now, what, one argument against that is, well, while Hill might have a little bit more experience over Holinsky, he also has three ACL tears and has not played in the SEC for a full season like Holinsky has. So I, I think all of those are valid points. I think at the end of the day, we can argue all the different caveats to who could start. But when you have a whole month of film prep and practice and everything they're doing, when it comes down to it, the guy who's going to start for this football team is going to be the one that looks the best by the end of when all of the practices and camp leads up to that Tennessee game. I think it could honestly go either way. I think right now what we're hearing is it's kind of trending toward Hill, but I think it's going to be, it sounds like it's absolutely a competition and it's going to be all the way uh, up to whenever they start prepping for the game week and they name a starter whether or not they actually do name a starter also is is something i'm starting to think they're not going to name a starter until well, a bunch of the other sec teams like i feel like it was arkansas's uh sam Pittman said they would uh announce their starting quarterback when georgia does so <laughs> that's, yeah. that was a pretty funny comment but yeah it's definitely a battle down there uh 
I, I've also heard good things about Doty. I don't think he's in the, the mix to start at quarterback. He may be in the mix to start somewhere else. I'm just saying. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, but uh, I, I think that – well, keeping with the quarterbacks right now, I don't think that, you know, the guy who starts game one for the Gamecocks is going to necessarily be the guy that starts all 10 games for the Gamecocks either. And not because of injury. I just think that – I think there's going to be a lot this year. I think that, you know, Muschamp – Wow, he kind of has a free pass in a sense this year. He's still coaching for his job. He's kind of got like a two-season stint to coach for his job and really show us what he can do. So, I mean, I, I really think it might be like a, a revolving door there and you just it's, you're not going to have a lot of room for error because I think both these guys are so close in competition. that And I, and I think that that might be kind of like a two-quarterback system too where they can kind of put these guys in and out during the game. So, I think there's going to be a lot that we're going to see between these two guys all season. We're not just going to see one quarterback. I think another thing that is different than the years past where we kind of had a, a cycling door of quarterbacks and we weren't sure who was going to be the starter. One thing I that I think will separate this year from previous years' competitions, I mean, could you could you think of two guys who have been through more than these two guys have? Obviously, it's, it's a little different with Holinsky and – everything with his brother and fighting through all of that and like playing for his brother and everything to Hill who's had three ACL surgeries for both of those guys. Like you, whatever happens on the field, you cannot question how much they love the game and their heart. So I, I think that's one thing that will be a difference in this quarterback competition that I really see playing out on the field. I, I'm just it's it's nice to have two guys, and so hopefully it's like obviously nobody nobody any of us or even some of the big media people haven't seen them playing in practice, but we're just really hoping for two guys that are competent in this system and have the talent to play, and we'll we'll just see what happens there. I'm I'm not going to be disappointed either way because as Tyler said, I know it's going to be a situation where we don't really know who's going to be the starter from game to game. I mean, if, if one guy gets named and struggles in the opener, we may see the new guy in the second quarter. So I think having two guys that have some experience and some talent, which it seems like both of these guys do, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be disappointed with whatever plays out. I'm going to sunshine pump real hard. And I'm also going to put on my tinfoil hat here because I think if Colin Hill starts, and a lot of people on Twitter have been saying that Colin Hill looks a lot like Steven Garcia, and it's probably just because he's the only quarterback we've had who's had long hair since him. But it's also been 10 years since Steven Garcia brought us to the SEC championship game. And guess who started? I guess he didn't start that year. It was... Uh... Will was Muschamp it, was, was also 20, at that it, game. Was it 2010 that... Uh, no, it was 2011 that Shaw started the season, played for about a quarter... And then Garcia played up until he got suspended. <laughs> so hopefully yeah, that's right. not the case. True. But, you know, um, anything's possible. That I'm just goes to show whoever starts the season. I mean, it, Shaw was named the starter to everyone's surprise and struggled. Well, Shaw, so no, Shaw was named the starter as a punishment to Garcia, wasn't it? Wasn't it? It may have been. I feel like it could have been. been. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't think it surprises anybody. <laughs> Well, at least we know that Garcia and Hill are at least different in mindset for sure. Hill looks like yeah. he's just like he plays the game well. Yeah, and I don't think this is the same situation we were a couple years ago. You know, Muschamp's first year, which was like, who's going to start, Perry Orth or Brandon McIlwain? <laughs> <laughs> I 
no disrespect to those two guys for the most part, but no, Connor Mitch was already out of there. Yeah, I know. He was he was before him. Yeah, but uh yeah, so I think these are two guys that can actually play ball. It is definitely an upgrade from the Connor Mitch era. <laughs> we which is sad because when, when it was the Connor Mitch era initially, everyone was hyped. And then we actually hey, Connor Mitch today. is Oh no, he's not one he's one of one of the starter, biggest bust in school history. Yeah. Um, up there as a bigger sure. yeah but yeah. moving on to another competition here which we didn't think was going to be a competition going into this season we thought lloyd is going to be the starting running back so with that injury that leaves us with zaquandre white the junior college transfer from florida state we've got kevin harris deshaun fenwick and freshman rashad amos so who is going to start here uh, there really are not very many answers with this. I kind of was hoping that Zaquandre White would come in and take that starting role, and that's certainly a possibility just with him being the number one JUCO guy, and he left Florida State when they were in their uh, transition. So he had Jimbo at first, and apparently uh, Muschamp called Jimbo Fisher to ask about and talk about Zaquandre White, which I thought was really interesting. He was like, yeah, I really like this dude, and like, what like is there anything like you can tell me about him which honestly like just kind of warmed my heart like the kid sounds like he's coming and just he's he's had put on a great attitude it's not like some juco guys who it it didn't work at the previous school because of whatever reason it was simply just because of the coaching turnover he lost all his coaches uh to wherever obviously Jimbo went to A&M so I I would like to see Zaquandre White definitely get in there I want him to be the starter that being said, he has been battling a hamstring injury, which with with Muschamp's coach talk, he could very well be out for the freaking season. And Muschamp would stand up there and say, yeah, he'll he'll probably be back in a couple of days. Just just a just a hamstring. So uh, hopefully he comes in and he's he's looking good. I think right now it's it's probably going to be Harris or Fenwick or a combination of both just because of the experience factor. Um, and honestly, Kind of a the forgotten man, Rashad Amos, uh, three-star running back commit, and has come in and and played really well from all accounts. It sounds like he is not going to be that guy that is was going to redshirt. Although this year there's not really redshirts anyway, but it certainly sounds like he's a guy that's going to definitely play a lot. So we'll probably see all four of these guys pretty much every game. I would imagine, kind of similar to last year, how we had. I guess it was three or four guys playing pretty much every game, but we, we don't really know who it's going to be there. I don't know if anybody's got like some, somebody they've got their eye on without Lloyd. It's, it's certainly a lot hazier than it was before, but I, I still think there, there is some upside to the guys we've got. Yeah. And I, and I mentioned it in like our running back preview, I'm pretty high on Harris there. They're just like what I did see out of him last year. It impressed me. Uh, I really liked it, watching him run and stuff like that. So I'm going to put my support behind him. I mean, well, I'm going to put my support behind all the guys. But uh, he's a guy I like to kind of see emerge as the star of this running back room. Uh, and he, I think he's a guy that can really do it. So just a smile, a little two cents there. I'm a big fan of the uh, of Kevin Harris. So Let's hope he holds on to his pubic bone this year. Oh, my God. That sounds like one of the most painful injuries of all time. And the fact that he came back later, like toward the very, very end of the season. Yeah. Impressive, honestly. He wasn't supposed to, but he, he made it back. Yeah. But 
Then we move on to another offensive question mark and uh, wide receivers. I guess these are all question marks, but I don't want it to necessarily sound like a bad thing. Obviously, losing Lloyd was a bad thing, but I I have some confidence in the guys we have at running back. I have some confidence in whoever starts at quarterback. Wide receivers a little bit more hazy, so we missed mentioning it last week, but obviously we lost some depth there with Ortre Smith and Randricius Davis opting out. Uh, there's There's been some traction about Jalen Brooks potentially being a starter if he gets the NCAA waiver, so we're definitely all shouting free Jalen Brooks this week. We've, we've talked a lot about him um, and his entrance to South Carolina and by all accounts, he's exceeding in what anyone's expectations would be as a projected starter on this team after coming in from the D2 college. Certainly would like to see him and what he can do on the field as much as we've talked about him. The NCAA, I, I posted something earlier about it. If if they don't make pretty much every winner guy eligible this year, I'm, I'm not really sure what they're doing. I don't know why it's even taken this long. In a year that's basically free, nobody's losing eligibility. Are are you really going to take a, a year away from the guys who've already done their job in in filling out the waivers and everything? But you, you never know what they're going to do. But certainly, we would like to see Jalen Brooks on the field this season. Yeah, well, it is the NCAA, so you never know exactly what they're going to do. Never know. Only other note there. So obviously, we we're definitely looking at Shy Smith and uh, Xavier Leggett as starters. But it's certainly starting to sound like freshman Rico Powers is coming in and Muschamp was quoted in saying he's definitely not out of the conversation to be a starter. So a whole lot of more coach speak, but it definitely sounds like he's a top four or five guy with potentially that next guy being Luke Doty. I would not be surprised if Luke Doty is either a starter or very close to it by the start of the season by by all accounts of what the coaching staff has uh, has mentioned. It's not what we expected when we did our Still don't think that's uh, a good idea, but I guess our wide receivers yeah. just suck that much. So Yeah, I, I, I agree with Clayton that I don't think it's the best option. Uh, I think we should be putting our, our efforts behind him at quarterback uh, with the hype that we see out of him, but this coach is supposed to know more than we do, so we'll keep our trust behind him for now and see how it plays out. I mean, he could be pretty good have a nice great year playing wide receiver still learn the quarterback position and come in at another time and help us out and it all comes down to production if if him playing receiver some this year can help us win more games then i'm about it but it's it certainly oh, it has to be something where he's not like what joiner was last year where like we knew joiner was making that full-time switch to wide receiver but last year with him moving and then with our unprecedented quarterback injuries having <laughs> joiner have to then come back and play quarterback it, it certainly sucked that he wasn't really doing much as a wide receiver either but i, I feel like it, it's certainly sounding like Doty's going to do everything and any, anything and everything for this team I, I mean he he was requesting to be the gunner on special teams so all, all that's really exciting and he's fast as hell apparently fastest guy on the team which is I mean, I, I'm excited to see him do whatever he might do for this team this year. Uh, the only other notes we have here for Carolina uh, in the game, our Gamecock update, there was some confidence week a few weeks ago about the O-line being pretty much set. But with Jordan Rhodes opting back in, he, he looks to potentially 
fight for a starting position on the interior. Uh, Juco transfer Justin Turnatine was kind of looked at as the the guy to to lose the spot over at the left tackle position, but it's starting to sound like some other guys are pushing him for it. So we could we could see a a few different combinations of the O line. Uh, I guess we'll know that when uh, the games get a little bit closer. And then one last note for competitions and positions and everything is one thing I'm super excited about is Brad Johnson moving to the Sam linebacker position. So I always thought he was a little bit undersized, like a strong guy, but not a whole lot of, he just didn't have the defensive end slash buck strength and size and him moving to Sam. He also lost 20 pounds in the off season. So hopefully that that was a good body transformation. I, I think this position makes more sense for him. Certainly a speed rush type guy. And so in that Sam position, in that package, I think he could be really effective in, in uh, rushing the passer. I think he was he he was in that that buck position and looked like he might be the starter. So now we may see a little bit more of uh, Kingsley and Agbare over there. Obviously, I think Sterling's certainly a starter, and then maybe even see some Jordan Birch. I've heard some good things about Birch at that position. Yeah, lots of uh, hype about Birch right now. So those are a few a few notes. Uh, I I don't want to talk about this a ton. Just one last thing here is I I feel like we had to mention it in some capacity is the incident that happened between the walk on and the thirteen Gamecock players that were named at six fifty Lincoln. I don't really want to go into detail about what potentially happened in the, the fight or incident or whatever you call it, just because I, I feel like nobody really knows except for the guys involved. But just based on everything I've heard, I was a little bit scared when it came out. At this point, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything more than just a distraction. I don't, I don't see at this point any sanctions or suspensions or anything coming down from it. Obviously, the walk-on was... Uh, removed from the team so obviously everyone involved knows a lot more than we do and so as it's an ongoing investigation i say we just let it play out however just just based on what i've read and seen it, it certainly seems like a situation where i i don't think it's a big deal and probably does just passes um, i don't know if anybody else has any further comment on that but uh, that's basically how I see it. I don't think it's as big a deal and probably shouldn't have even gotten as far as it has. Yeah, and I, I don't have a, a comment on that. I do have a comment on something else, though, uh, just talking about all of our Gamecock updates. Uh, I know there's a lot of unknowns and everything with everything that's going on, but one thing to take a note as well um, is that Tennessee has a lot of unknowns right now as well, just looking into the first week of the season. Uh, what was it? They had 44 guys that were unable to play or unable to practice this week. Uh, they were supposed to have a big old scrimmage, kind of like how we've had in the last couple of weeks, uh, and they had to cancel it because they just didn't have enough guys that were able to play in it. So, uh, you know, they're, they have a lot of question marks. They're having to lose some time as well, just like us and everybody else. So um, that could play into our advantage, and hopefully it, it very well could and very well will. So just kind of keep an eye out on that, and there's still a lot of time before the season starts, but – uh, it's just something to kind of keep an eye on with, with Tennessee's ability to get prepared for the season and especially week one. So I think that wraps up everything with the Gamecock update. Uh, so I think we're going to go right into our flop of the week uh, and then hit our quick hits to wrap everything up. 
So the flop of the week, uh, we're, we're getting more again into Tyler territory again with tennis and the U.S. Open, which is going on. It is the first big tennis event. So far, you know, they had the Australian Open this year, uh, which was normally scheduled. Uh, that was before all the COVID craziness hit. The French Open was postponed. It's actually going to be like next week after all this is over. And then we've got the U.S. Open going on right now in New York City. Uh, no fans or anything like that. And a lot of the big players aren't playing as well. Uh, on the men's side, Roger Federer, who has the most Grand Slam titles of any men's player of all time, and Rafael Nadal, who's the defending U.S. Open champion, they both backed out along with some other names. And so that left Novak Djokovic as the just far and away favorite to win the men's side of the U.S. Open this year. He plays well in New York. He's won a couple of U.S. Opens, and there's just no real deep competition to go up against him. But I guess the greatest competitor against Novak Djokovic is himself. Uh, in a bout of frustration this past week in the uh, in the round of 16 against uh, Mr. Uh, I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Mr. Carano Busta of Spain, the 20th seed. Djokovic was actually down in the first set. Uh, 6-5. I was getting a little frustrated going back to the service line and I guess angrily flicked a ball against the fence with his racket, or so he thought. He actually just beamed the line judge in the throat and just, I mean, took her down and <laughs> it resulted in a disqualification from the U.S. Open. He, of course... I think if you watch the video of it, I think it was an ac absolute accident. I, I think he had immediate regret, um, immediate sympathy for this lady. I, I think he might have been like the first person to get to her to offer her assistance. But uh, just based on the rules, uh, I haven't seen like it all the way. But what it sounds like is if uh, any action is taken against a, uh, a, a official or service judge or, or you know of any kind, then it's, it results in a disqualification. Uh, and so since she had to be removed from the court for medical attention, then it is what that caused. I mean, if it was like a casual ricochet or something like that, like it wouldn't have happened. But like it was clearly what he did was an act of frustration. So it wasn't anything intentional. He wasn't trying to hit this lady right in the throat. But unfortunately, that is what resulted from it. And so probably the best player in the field. I mean, far and away the best player in the field, maybe the best player in the world. Uh, now is going to be out of the second half of the Open. The men's side is just absolutely wide open. There's a couple guys. The guy who actually lost it all last year, he's still looking strong. To he might be the odds-on favorite now, but a couple other guys that you know to keep an eye out on. But it really, uh, really opened up that field there. Um, and uh, just kind of uh, also sticking with uh, the the U.S. Open just for a minute, getting with our South Carolina ties. Got to give a strong shout out to Mount Pleasant's own. South Carolina's own Shelby Rogers, who played an absolutely phenomenal stretch of, of tennis, uh, really over the past couple of months, but specifically here in New York this week. Um, she made it all the way to the quarterfinals. Uh, this is her, I think it was her best finish in a major since like the 2017 French Open, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she's had a couple of good major runs, but uh, this was among her best. So she actually beat a two-time Wimbledon champion on Sunday afternoon. Um, and eventually actually lost last night to, I don't think, defending U.S. Open champion, but um, at least from last year, U.S. Open champion and former Australian Open champion Naomi Osaka. 
So she actually lost to her in straight sets last night. So unfortunately, that run came to an end, but still a great run nonetheless. We were talking about it earlier today, too. This just still blows my mind. If you lose in the first round in the US Open, you make $61,000. I, I go to work every single day. I, I don't make $61,000. I do a good job at work. I don't make, make $61,000. You just lose. You show up and just get dusted. You make $61,000 at the US Open. And so are you saying Djokovic uh, gave someone balls to the face and then made $61,000? Uh, actually he would, now with the disqualification, you might have to forfeit your winnings. If you, uh, being in the round of 16, that, I think that was inside of the six digit area. So he could have given someone balls to the face or balls to the throat and walked away with, with six figures, uh, for, for that. But Poor choice I of wording there. What? I, I did it on purpose. Oh yeah. It was very purpose. He had it on the, he has it even on the Google doc for us. Uh, that was definitely <laughs> On purpose. Uh, unlike unlike the action of Djokovic, that was on purpose. So, uh, so that's this week's flop of the week, plus a little bit of a tennis recap since I was talking about it, uh, mainly just because our girl... took the uh, time to do it, didn't he? I mean, that's pretty hey, cool. Someone right here from her. our backyard. True. Showing showing the state some, some big, big pride there. And then uh, how about the NFL, baby? It's back. The oh, man. Austin's out of here. I only heard two seconds. Yeah, we tried. We tried. I've got uh, got, post. I've got three guys playing this Thursday, so I'm I'm very excited and nervous. Tyler, you're the NFL is yeah. We've got the opening matchup here. So like so Matt, you're kind of like the Texans of of this week in fantasy, you know, going up against the defending champ. How's that feel? Well, the line in the uh, game would be a little different than that one. Uh, I feel yeah, like if bit. you look at projections, the two of us are uh, the highest projected scoring teams in the league. It's all I'm saying. So it's it's more really? like Chiefs versus uh, uh, who who else is good? Baltimore. I mean. Yeah, being a bit of a homer, like but yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> it's a homer, but I mean, I, did, I didn't make long. the playoffs in fantasy though, so certainly looking forward to that game tomorrow. Some real football. We we've seen a, a few college games, but man, they've been pretty shitty. Honestly, I didn't think I would think any football was shitty, but they they've been pretty poor. And getting to see some real NFL football this weekend is huge. Before we hop into some week one matchups, I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, Make my announcement here. <clears throat> oh, boy. So it's, it's been a, a long, nearly 25 years. I, I've, I've tried here and, here and there to pull for my local Carolina Panthers throughout life. But, but he's a fake fan. But I'm, a, I, I'm hardly even qualified enough to call myself a fake fan. More, pretty much not even a fan <laughs> at all. And uh, I think now is the time to finally give my full allegiance to a squad that I find similar to myself. They've battled and battled over the years. And, you know, they, they, they're just looking for a little bit of uh, victory. And this year might even be the year, you know, in, in a weak division. They've got a chance to pull through. So I'm officially committing to the Bills Mafia 
Let's go. Oh, no. Oh, yes. no. It makes me so happy. It makes me want to go jump through a table right now. I it swear. makes me so happy. It makes me want to throw you through I'm, a table. I'm not just want to choke slam you. Austin is upset. Wait, wait. The Bills? What was your what was your final couple teams? Like what was it the final three or four or whatever? I think the Chargers were there at one point. The final three were the Buffalo Bills. That, that's pretty much it. I just I just <laughs> they the called Bills. to him. He the, had he oh had referenced God. a couple different teams here or there over the past like couple months. And Who you know, like the, the on why not why not the Ravens? Why not Who the Ravens? Like on Buffalo? Who on Buffalo Ravens? appeals to you? Why not the Las Vegas uh, Raiders Allen. with all of the, the oh, yeah, his quarterback. There's too many Clemson yeah. players over there. Yeah, yeah so they, the they tried to be Clemson West. So, Hey, listen, here's here's what I got to say about the Bills, all right? With the, the four falls in, in the 1990, late 1990s, early 2000s, you know, it, it was four years of devastation. This is a hungry fan base looking for something. And this is the first year that the Patriots are without Tom Brady and look like they may be a weak, weaker team. And the rest of that division is trash. Am I right? And, and, you know, it opens up the possibility for me to talk trash to my fellow dolphins and jets. And of course, Patriots fans. It's just, it, 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 it just spoke to me. That's the team. I mean, it's fitting that you don't want to pick the Panthers. You pick the Carol, the, the Carolina North. Because all they just take the all of the Panthers defense. players. The Bills' defense is just the Panthers' Super Bowl defense, minus Keekly. He's doing what everyone else did Andrew. on that team. They're just jumping ship and going to Buffalo. Matt's Ooh, just a, exactly. a Panthers Ooh. fan that's jumping the ship. True, well, it makes I, sense. You know, it, I I gotta say it makes sense. I, I wasn't I wasn't on the ship. Okay, I was drowning, and now the Bills Mafia has saved me. You know, I'm it's fully prepared to jump through tables. Is uh, we have this actually on recording now because we have a podcast. So that way, in like three years, when Matt's like, "Wait, I was never a Bills fan. What are you talking about?" We can I'm now committing to the Washington football. Oh, team. oh no, no, no! <laughs> oh, Imagine yeah, save this audio file forever. I don't know. Put it somewhere where it's accessible. Well, I guess I'll put Spotify it in a now, like, just, fireproof just, safe. Yeah, just keep it forever. Will I mean, it, you know, the the, the Battle Hawks, they came out to a, a great start. So maybe it's like the 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 Matty Bump or something like that. I mean, what are you going to call it? I don't know. Come up with something better than that. Maybe if the St. Louis Rams had, had stayed in their, their beautiful city of St. Louis, then I would pull for them. <laughs> the beautiful city of St. Louis. Relevant in, what's that place called? Los Angeles? Sounds, Los sounds like a Angelis. dump. Los Angeles. And I don't speak Spanish, so. <laughs> I thought it was French. Is that, what? <laughs> so that makes that means that you are middle rivals now. Oh. Well, that's oh. exciting that Matthew now has a team. So now that we can talk shit about the Bills. And I picked Josh <laughs> Allen in fantasy. Anyway, so this is great. This is just fantastic. This this affects me uh, and Marino. So I'm looking forward, Nothing changes. So now you can you can practice the the great tradition that the bills have in throwing illicit sex objects onto the field of play i've been doing that for years austin (laughs) austin wait are you what are you talking crap we're gonna ignore what matthew said (laughs) (laughs) can't prove anything parted okay are you jumping through a table this sunday is that your pregame ritual are you gonna jump through a a table this sunday i I already did 
in in the time that that you were thinking about commenting on my fanhood, I've already jumped through two uh, tables. Right. That's pretty silent. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, you, you gotta you gotta put more. You gotta douse yourself in mustard. I, I know those four losses in the nineties really hurt you. You know, I, I know you recall those very well. I've, I've, got, some, I've got some things to work on. Yeah, I was pretty. I devastated. can't wait. I can't wait till you meet an actual Bills fan and he like talks about like old Bills stuff and you're just like, yeah. Hey, I've got to right. do my research. Okay? <laughs> Matt comes in OJ Simpson, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to watch the, the 30 juice for 30 is loose. I can't believe but, he made his allegiance and didn't watch the 30. So for 30 what? Yet. What Bills player oh, jersey? Well, well, that was OJ bias. OJ, true. Or Josh Allen? Uh, obviously, oh. Josh Allen because he is going to be the best quarterback in that division this year easily you should absolutely buy an oj simpson jersey <laughs> you can buy a signed one pretty easily these days well Which i don't know great. he might he might come and steal it back we've about run this uh this commitment into the ground Shit. here but speaking of the afc east going into our week one matchups the dolphins play the patriots and the jets play at the bills so already starting off with some big afc east divisional battles I, I certainly look forward to that to see I'm what excited. all these teams are. And as for the local game, we've got the Panthers playing against the Raiders. And I'll say I'm definitely hey. pulling for the Raiders this game. Clayton, I think you might be too, to be honest. I mean, you know, hey, the Raiders have three starting wide receivers that are all rookies or in their second year. So maybe the Panthers, maybe the Panthers defense will only give up 30. If you're gonna Ooh. bring up the wide receivers, do you want to talk about how Brian Edwards is gonna start with? For, Brian uh, Edwards Vegas? is gonna torch the Panthers. You heard it here first. Yeah, Absolutely. I can. I can just see it now. That Gruden smile that he does when Brian Edwards runs like a sixty-yard pass. Just that Gruden smile. You know he 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 probably will. Yeah, and yeah, because Brian Edwards is a offense. great receiver, and he's gonna be lining up against. Like no, your team. No, your team. No, your team. And I've been called a fake fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I don't know the the new people on the defense because they're so irrelevant. Panthers aren't good one year. I don't know anyone on this squad anymore. To be fair, like they the literally got rid of their entire defense. <laughs> fake fan. Excuses. Excuses. I mean, I know Dante Jackson, but he's going to be lining up against. Well, I guess he's probably going to be lining up against the who's the Raiders Henry first Ruggs, draft pick? What's his name? Rugs. I would assume, but uh, I don't know that for sure. But yeah, looking forward to Edwards showing out. It'll be on uh, local television, which was against Austin's well. The whole rest of the nation got the Dolphins you know, Patriots. Goddamn it! And I gotta sit here and watch the Panthers lose to the Raiders. Hey, hey, they did not put my bills on TV, okay? I don't want to hear it. Don't they know that a founding member of the Soda City sit-down wants to see the bills play in Columbia? And and they don't even even put it on there. It's unbelievable. It'll be good for the brand, I guess. I hope the bills lose the first game as a fan of theirs, and you just have an epic breakdown. Dude, that would yeah, piss me Matt, off. They, they would have televised hell. it. Matt, the, they're playing the irrelevant Jets, so Matt, they, they Austin, couldn't. Irrelevant Jets. They almost went to the playoffs last year. I'm I'm listening, Tyler. Matt Austin, I hear what you say about your teams not playing. Um, 
my team's not playing on TV down here either, and I got to say, that's really shitty. Speaking <laughs> of shitty. Up. They were the number Shut two up. option, I think. We're playing think the Browns. The <laughs> we're playing the Browns. Is it time? Oh. Is it time to talk about this? It's it time. Well. We're wasting airtime here. I feel like we have to <laughs> talk in shitty puns for like the next about two minutes. Oh, was, we two might minutes. as well already dump out all the information that we know. <laughs> oh otherwise, God. it'll just get. That otherwise, it'll just stagnate. <laughs> I, I like that one. <laughs> Dumb apology. Oh man, that was good. That was good. But if anyone actually gives a shit about what happened, Odell apparently does give a shit. Uh, or he likes others that give shits. Um, uh, according to an interview, he uh, likes it when uh, females shit on his chest. Well, this is coming from what his girlfriend. Oh yeah, right? no, yeah, some random, random girl. girl. I, think it's, I think it's honestly probably just some thought. Okay, so I, I, I watched a video on it. So apparently, what? I think we this, all watched the video on it. What? <laughs> there, there's uh, this podcast where these two girls just go out and expose people and they exposed some other famous athlete from a different sport, but I can't remember who for something weird. And they made like a hundred thousand dollars in like two days. And so then they get their friend who allegedly hooked up with Odell Beckham. And so she comes on the podcast where that has a lot to gain and absolutely every reason in the world to lie. And she comes in and just says that Odell likes to be shit on. She had a lot of details with it though. Like she went into explicit detail. Yeah, but like, that's pretty easy to make up, honestly. Ah, so now everybody's sh- shitting on Odell for this, but maybe he likes okay, it. But can we talk about his post shortly afterwards? Did anyone else see his Instagram post after that? He's like, yes. hey, no matter what shit is thrown my way, and I was like, dude, you just totally walk ran into a brick wall <laughs> with that caption. I respect that though. I mean, he owns up. He's to making it, fun and, of himself. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody's got their kinks. And so OBJ, yeah, no king shaming. You're a he. I mean, let's be honest. He was kind of trying to tell us he he plays for the Browns. He's a (laughs) receiver of a brown object. He's the number two receiver. All right, can we? If he was, if he only changed his name to number two, we could have the full circle ending. All right, I think that's our solid two minutes there. Oh, what other? Games? I will say yeah. the memes. The memes that came out of it were atrocious, but also quite. Speaking of getting shit on, they are probably the Browns are probably going to get shit on against the Ravens. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh my God! I don't know. The they, same... <laughs> they they did shit on us the first time we played last year, but the then Ravens we went on like suck. a fourteen game winning streak. We've got that matchup for my teams, and then uh, we wrap up with the big games with the uh, Cowboys at Rams on Sunday night, and then the Steelers. At Giants and the um, that team from somewhere in Tennessee at the Broncos. I uh, oh don't want to talk about them on Monday night. The Sunday night game had a lot of hype because originally that it was, was supposed to be at the brand new stadium, which it is. Uh, but that stadium will not have fans. So all the hype and all the money put into that, uh, there will be no fans at that Sunday night football game. So that's yeah, lol. big lol. That's um, I find that, that Titans-Broncos matchup uh, particularly – Interesting now that this week's news has come through with the Clowney signing for the Titans and with Von Miller potentially being out for the season. That we apparently broke first before like yeah. big uh like accounts on Hashtag Twitter sources. Yeah, Austin came in clutch with an awesome tweet. Hashtag ear to the ground. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. yeah yep. a little bit. 
<laughs> so uh, I just want to go real quick to the game tomorrow. Um, I we're all probably, all probably unanimous Chiefs tomorrow. Oh yeah, Chiefs yeah. are Chiefs are winning big. I mean, I hope I hope Watson throws like four touchdowns. But yeah, I hope the Chiefs. The spread's win. only nine and a half, which I thought was interesting. But uh, I expect them to score the the spread to be a little bit more than that. I think Chiefs win by probably fourteen. Well, you know how it works. The the Texans score all their points first, and then the Chiefs spend like the next two and a half, three quarters just beating them. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly what happened in the playoff yep. game. It was like twenty to zero, and then yeah. Mahomes did Mahomes. Thing. That's perfect for what I need for my team. I'd love exactly. that. Yeah. And then just to wrap it up, I've got so, uh, Raiders, Dolphins, Jets, Ravens, Rams. What the hell? Yes. Are we doing? Are we doing Hell yeah. Let's I go, Jets. Because no, I only get to no, watch these games. So uh, I'm doing things. My pick yeah, will be it. through my betting site, and I will be losing money like I have tonight on everything. I'm over, over five today on bets. Anyway, moving on to more uh, happy <laughs> things. Plenty of lulls with the uh, MLB this week. Marino, you want to start us off with these quick hits? Yeah, this is actually a pretty interesting week in MLB. It was it was honestly less about the actual games and just more about the drama that happened. Um, Joe West, an umpire that most people hate, as well as a lot of players hate, uh, ejected the Nats GM, Mike Rizzo, from the stands in a Friday game versus Atlanta at Atlanta. Originally, like people on Twitter thought he was ejected for not wearing a mask, but I think uh, West was just trying to say like the guy without the mask is getting ejected. So everyone was like freaking out but apparently he was just like chirping at the umps and he was he was warned beforehand and then they ejected him when he kept doing it which i think is funny because that's the second in-stand ejection for the nats this season with strasburg being ejected from the Mets series last month so lol and then uh thor noah Syndergaard for the mets tweeted at the video of rizzo getting ejected and just quote tweeted lego my ego to <laughs> joe west thor is usually known for some pretty hot tweets for sure so everyone was commenting on it and being like, you know, is, is is Joe West as bad as people say in terms of like a player's perspective? And Thor did the traditional uh, Marshawn Lynch gif and uh, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So I thought that was pretty good on his part. Um, continuing with ejections, Bryce Harper also got ejected versus the Mets this week. Lol. Uh, Harper told the ump, don't treat me like a five-year-old as he like had a tantrum right in his face. As he had so, like a five-year-old? Uh, good content out of him. Yeah which is not really unsurprising for Harper in his career. Uh, Harper in, has been ejected four times in his career playing the Mets uh, in 14 career ejections, which I feel like is really high. And he's, I mean, he's had a decent career, but it's not like he's like close to retirement. 14 ejections. He's a, I mean, I've always known he's a hothead. It's pretty sad, so lol. The NL West looks like they're probably the hottest division right now. The Dodgers, Slam Diego Padres, Giants, uh, Rockies, minus the Diamondbacks. Don't look at them. But everyone else in that division is looking pretty hot. Mets right now are playing the Orioles. Again, my team and Tyler's team are playing against each other, which they're now tied right now, I think, going into the eighth. So that's going to be an interesting game to watch until the Mets talk blow. About that. What? Talk about that. You don't want to talk about it? Oh, okay. Because we y'all were like, leading at one point, and then you we gave us a lead. And we just yeah. kept, like, it was just like a home run derby, man. I'm so it, sick of that. Man, it happens. It happens. Again, the Mets will probably find a way to blow the lead with in relief. But uh, I made a comment last week about uh, the Mets being bought out by Steve Cohen and the A-Rod and J-Lo group. 
Uh, I was actually wrong. A-Rod and J-Lo and their conglomerate are a different buying party for the Mets, but uh, it looks like looks like Steve Cohen's probably going to take it now. Like There is a lot of tweets about A-Rod trying to like get the money together right now to try to buy the Mets now before uh, Steve Cohen could because they don't have the money to compete with him. And for some reason, everyone on Twitter was just like quote tweeting a picture of this like metal stick figure statue. I had no idea what was going on. Like everyone was tweeting this picture. And apparently uh, Steve Cohen, like last week, bought a, a little metal statue for like $40 million uh, just because he wanted to. So like, I guess everyone was saying like, it doesn't matter what you think, A-Rod. We don't want you to buy the Mets. Like the guy we want to buy the Mets is buying random shit just because he wants to. That's how much money he has. So looking like a good future for the Mets. Hopefully Real Muto gets bought this offseason. That would be great. Uh, and then lastly, looks like the Toronto Blue Jays are the best team in New York. I found that out <laughs> recently. I didn't realize they were playing in New York because uh, they're playing in Buffalo. They had to get relocated for COVID. And uh, I think they played both the Yankees and the Mets at this point. But in terms of record, they are the best team uh, hey, Matt, I just York. found your new and baseball the Yankees team. look like... Playing in Buffalo? We just found your yeah. new baseball team. Look at that. <laughs> exactly. I Which didn't realize that. that uh, when they go back to Canada, they get to take all of Niagara Falls with them. They have the right to the Niagara deal. Falls now. Oh, true. There is that. There is that debate. <laughs> true. And uh, speaking about the Yankees, uh, they're looking like they may miss the postseason. Lol. Let, uh, let's, uh, let's keep that in a wrap, so let's not talk about that. Um, we're just going to... They're looking rough, that. dude. We're just going to think, um, think I'm going to jinx it. Yeah, let's just act like uh, that they're just the regular old Yankees. One Yankees uh, tidbit that I actually know about is Clark Schmidt made an appearance for the Yankees. Shout out to our Gamecocks appearing in the MLB. Yes, Look at he that. Did. He did. He did. Content. Uh, apparently, he didn't do that great, but no, yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, but it was his first appearance. He'll get better. Yeah, you know, that's what we said about Michael Roth, too. But, mm -hmm. Did you also see, like, the rapid <laughs> did you also see the rapid temperature change? It went from, like, 60 to below 30 in Denver uh, earlier this week. Like, it was, like, sunshine and, like, 70 degrees. And then, of course, no, it was, like, 90 degrees. Like, no, yeah, apparently yeah. it went from, from, like, 90 to or close to 100 there to uh, yeah. snowing and, this week. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, like, insane. Yeah. I was like, holy, yeah, yeah. end of the world kind of stuff. But. That was kind of unrelated, that's, but that's well, it was, it was related to the MLB. I, yeah, just, I saw it was like Coors Field because there was a game. I think there was supposed to be a game at Coors Field, um, or at least I just saw a picture. But it just it was interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it's my last day. I can say whatever I want. True, no, not quite, not quite. Yeah, so, not yet. Your your content ending segment is coming, but not your yet. contract is still up until <laughs> the end of tonight. Okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, that's uh, that's everything with the MLB. I'm going to switch it over to the NBA now. Yes, sir. NBA action. It's it's heating up out here. We're finally starting to see some really important series. Uh, we were mid-recording last week with the Rockets against the Thunder. The Rockets would win an absolute battle. A one-point victory over the Thunder that came down to James Harden playing dodgeball on... Uh, someone trying to throw it off of yes. his leg with one second left, and he 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 was a dodgeball master. And uh, the Rockets won that game. He the, the old five Ds, right? The dodge game ball. seven, and you know I, he he dodged. He could dodge a wrench. He he definitely dodged the ball. So <laughs> game seven win for the Rockets in a really really tough series. I was pretty proud of how the Thunder played as well with just how much the odds were against him in that game. 
now just to update from what the Rockets have done since they they won that first game against the Lakers and then have dropped the previous two. So really not not sure what you get with the Lakers. What what it's kind of seeming like is when they're when they're on their game, they're gonna win. But they've 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 had a, a game or two here and there where, where they struggle to shoot. And when that happens, especially against the Rockets who hit so many threes and have the ability to just just rein in shots. We'll see where that what where that series goes uh, from now on. But in- yeah, and I think I think what we saw in game one there was a lot of what I kind of pointed out, like in game one against the uh, um, the Blazers, where the Blazers were coming off of like they had a shorter break and they had a lot more meaningful games, so like they were just like locked in a bit more. And then like once that first loss happened, and then the Lakers just woke up and won the last four there. Sorry to bring that back up on you, Matt, but. That's they're, kind right. of, they're kind of turning towards that right I've here. Moved on. Lol. NBA, my my NBA season is over, and I'm on to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> all right. But that being said, we're not done. I'm not done talking about the NBA. <laughs> and uh, in what to most was a big surprise, the Bucks Heat series would see the Heat humiliating the Bucks four to one, and it it took a game four overtime just for that not to be a sweep. Uh, the the Bucks did lose Giannis late in that game four, and were without him in game five. But to to say that really held them back, it, it certainly held them back in the time that he was out. But but this Heat team was dominating. They the were Bucks on all fire. series long. <laughs> they were on fire, and they really bucked the Milwaukee team out of the playoffs. <laughs> we're not becoming a pun podcast. We've got to keep a count. There's been like at least 20 at this point in the podcast here. But Giannis was held in check by a really good defensive scheme. And the guys around him, I'd always kind of questioned the talent around Giannis. And if uh, they could carry the team, if if he started to struggle or if teams started keying on him and the Heat just had a masterful game plan. And Jimmy Butler, as well as rookie Tyler Hero, both played their hearts out and and really played well enough to, to get that team into the next round and you know I, I i could see the heat representing the east right now they they look to be the favorite after after all this they look to be the the team that'll be in the finals we can't we can't overlook what'll be the other team in that and i, I was i was kind of starting to think it was going to be the celtics but we just saw a wild double overtime game come to a finish as the raptors held off the celtics in game 6 to force a game 7 two nights from now so that is going to be, I mean, that's what the fourth series that'll be a game seven at this point. We're, we're seeing some really high quality games and some really down to the wire series here in the, the late stages of the playoffs. The East has really heated up now that we're, we're getting toward this end of the early conference rounds into the conference finals. And so I, I don't know who's going to win there. I, I've always thought the Celtics were a little bit better than the Raptors, but these games are just coming down to the wire time and time again. So right now, as as we see it, we've got the Clippers over against the Nuggets, and it's it's close. The Clippers are up 2-1 currently, but all again, all the games have been pretty close. Live right now, we have the Nuggets and Clippers in right now, it's not super close. The Clippers have a 12-point lead, but certainly early in that one. I still think by the by the time it's over, by the time we're talking next week, it's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers coming out of the West, and it's going to be the Heat and 
Kind of a, a pick em right now. I'd coin flip between the Celtics and the Raptors, but I, I'd go Celtics with my predictions. Uh, outside of the main playoffs, the only other real news from the NBA is Thunder and Billy Donovan parting ways. Austin, as our representative OKC fan, I, I was shocked by this because I thought he was in conversations for coach of the year this year with what he's done. So whether or not it's the Thunder wanting to move a different direction or I think more likely Billy Donovan looking a different yes. way. Either way, I, I feel like this is a, a big surprise. Yeah, it was surprising to me too. And you are correct. It was actually a toss-up between he and Nick Nurse, who's the coach for the Raptors for Coach of the Year. Uh, it did go end up going to Nick Nurse. Uh, but Billy Donovan, I mean, what he did with the team that was basically uh, Chris Paul um, and, and a bunch of rookies, undrafted rookies, I mean, that was really impressive going to Game 7, like we said, with the Rockets and being point a point away uh, from a tie and two points from, from you know winning. Um, but mainly right now it is looking like it was a mutual agreement, but for everything that I'm hearing is that Billy Donovan actually does not want to be part of the rebuild. Um, he wants to kind of go to a team where he can win now, which the way I look at it is the thunder really aren't that far. I mean, we are in rebuild mode and we have the picks that back that up. But when we go to game seven against the Rockets and, you know, almost come out on top, it just goes to go to show, but we're not that far off. So, but he wants to, I guess, go to a team where he can win right now. Don't know who that would be who needs a spot right now that's in a win now position, but it was a mutual uh, it was a mutual kind of agreement. I could see it. I could see it being uh the 76ers. Yeah, they're, they're in win now mode. And they're just a couple of there, there was a little bit of traction with Don Staley showing some interest there, but I, I think that would be a good fit for him. And obviously we want Staley around here. Regardless of where she goes, she'll always have a a piece of history certainly in South Carolina a huge piece so but I I, I do think that I, I would say Billy Donovan could be there um, it's kind of hard to say he's certainly one of the, the better coaches out there in the end I do wonder if he wants to go back to college that's one of my things too is if he wants to go back to the collegiate level I, I really don't know to be honest with you there's a couple of ways he could go yeah I guess we'll see but that, that's pretty much all I have for the NBA is we're getting closer and closer to uh, the finals here, the Western and Eastern Conference finals will be the talk of the town next weekend. Yeah, we're going to move right on to another big playoff uh, system in the NHL. We're on week five of our recaps here. We're on to the conference finals. The eliminations from the last series have been the Bruins, Flyers, Avalanche, Canucks. Before I go into how these games have gone, I just want to go over some stories so far from the last series. Oscar Lindblom, who is a forward for the Flyers, played in Game 6 versus the Islanders, who hasn't played since December 13th, where he was diagnosed with a form of bone cancer, Ewing sarcoma. So it was really cool to see him get back out on the ice. I'm sure the other guys were able to use that as motivation to, to win that game, force the series on to Game 7. So that's it's always cool to see when players come back from high adversity like that. I think he's going to be a finalist for whatever, I can't remember the name of it, but the NHL's like comeback player of the year. So that's that's really awesome. And then Game 7 between the Stars and the Avalanche. Stars left winger Joel Kiviranta was an undrafted rookie this year and scored a hat trick, one of those goals being the game winner, uh, which won the series for Dallas over a really tough Avalanche team. This guy only had one goal in 11 games in his career so far. So that's that's NHL playoffs for you. Random things happen, random guys step up. So that was that was really impressive to see from a, from a rookie. Now on to these matchups. In the East, we've got number two Lightning versus number seven Islanders. Tampa Bay leads the series 1-0. to zero. Tampa Bay won 8-2 uh, on Monday. 
with the Lightning being the winner of the only series not to go to Game 7, all the other series went to Game 7, which were also really, really good games. But um, they, the Lightning pretty easily handled the Bruins. Um, they were able to take advantage of a lot of rest time. I think they had six days off. And they were one of the teams that were, I thought would struggle a little bit more with the amount of play time they had against teams like the Blue Jackets, which didn't affect them that much. But now they have even more rest. And now I, I, I think they just steamrolled at this point. Braden Point had two goals in a really destructive game against uh, the Islanders. The Lightning scored three goals in the first nine shots. So they were shooting like 33%, which is insane. The first goal came after 74 seconds. I mean, I think the Islanders are a good team, but like, damn the lightning are absolutely destroying them uh i mean it's a long series but um you know there was just a lot of bad mistakes on the islanders part they had to replace their goalie thomas grease after letting or three of those goals and nine shots so that really didn't help their chances for sure uh, both teams are not super defensive so the islanders really need to just outshoot the lightning at this point in order to have a leg up and keep up with them the Lightning are still without their captain and forward, Steven Stamkos, uh, but their depth, I mentioned previously, is so insane that it re- I honestly forgot that Stamkos was like even playing. It was, or that he wasn't there. Um, I I don't think it's, it hasn't been a factor before. I don't think it's going to be a factor now. I you know I I say the Lightning take the series. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. But I I mean I think that's my prediction. I I would like the Islanders to go. I mean they're an un- underdog team, but um. Yeah, it's going to be hard to play against that. And then in the West, we got the number one Golden Knights versus the number three Stars. The series is tied one to one with the Golden Knights taking a three and zero win on Tuesday. Uh, another shutout for Vegas goalie Rob Lehner. This is his fourth shutout in the playoffs. I say if they go to the Stanley Cup final and win, he's definitely going to get the MVP. I mean, he's playing insane. The Golden Knights were helped by getting their enforcer Ryan Reeves back from a one game suspension from. The last series they played against the Canucks. So he missed game one of this series that they lost. He's back. And that was really big for them. He had a few good hits, especially against Jamie Benn twice in the first 30 seconds. So I think he was really trying to set a precedence that they were here to play. And they're here to play a physical game for sure. After three goals in two periods, Dallas pulled uh, their otherwise like really solid goalie, Anton Kadobin, out for their uh, rookie, Jake Odinger. They didn't, you know, it was lucky for him. He didn't have to see much, many shots after that. I think he only saw one shot when he came in in like 11 minutes. So, and he didn't let any other goals in. So, uh, pretty good for the rookie, but they were down three. So, it didn't really help their situation. Again, it sucks for them because this is their third string goalie. Ben Bishop is still out. Uh, so, although Kudobin's a great goalie, having Ben Bishop being out has been really hard for Dallas to be able to overcome here. Uh, Vegas definitely has the advantage as a result of that. Not many other things. Um, they have an exceptional goalie, like I mentioned, Laner, and then their second stringer is third time Stanley Cup winner, Mark Andre Fleury. So we're talking about two teams and in, in, in lopsidedness. Uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious that although they're both pretty defensive teams, Vegas definitely has the advantage there. Um, they're both two very good defensive scoring teams as well. They have a lot of defensemen that score a lot of points with Miro Heskinen for the Stars and Shea Theodore for the Golden Knights, respectively, who are both the point leaders for their teams. Uh, but Dallas is going to need to really play a strong physical game, physical presence for the rest of the series in order to, to beat out the number one team in the West. I think it's hard. I, I mean, I think the Golden Knights are definitely the better team. But the Stars have snuck away with some really sneaky wins in the past couple series against elite teams like the Avalanche. So 
I'm going to go with the underdog team in the stars. So I guess for the Stanley Cup final, I'm projecting the Lightning and Stars to be uh, in, in that game. So that's your NHL recap. We'll look on to week six to see how things play out. Then on to college football. So there was some actual college football games more than just like FCS this week. Uh, unfortunately for those games, there were not really any good games. I mean, there were a couple Very semi-close games, but not really any between like any notable teams. Some like notable teams that played, like Marshall, just absolutely blew out their opponents, fifty-nine to zero. Or, for example, the Labor Day game, BYU versus Navy, which sounds like it could be a kind of good game, a competitive game. No, but it was fifty-five to three. Such a nineteen eighty-four Gamecock trigger right there. <laughs> Navy versus BYU. True. At least they got destroyed. Now that softened a little bit. Yeah. uh, I mean, a couple other teams that were like notable last year, like Memphis played. I guess they only won 37-24. So, you know, somewhat of a close game. But, you know, overall, college football was not great. But it was college football. This weekend, we have the ACC and the Big 12 returning. Not all of the teams are playing, but, you know, there, there are some games. And... We've got college game day going Clemson versus Wake Forest. It's a 33-point spread. It's not going to be close. I mean, we can hope it's close. I'm just so surprised that that's game day, especially since it's at Wake Forest. It's like even... There's so many other games you can pick. I still think you can find a better ACC game to go to, you know I mean? Yeah, there's got to be. I I was looking at them because I was like, like maybe Duke-Notre Dame? Like, how like... There's, that's a better game, I would say. I feel like they're just going to put the one ACC team that's good on the national spotlight. And there's Syracuse, UNC, maybe a pretty good game. Like, but that's still a 22.5 point spread. Damn. Yeah. Wake Forest for the upset. There's no that's good games. This is why we need the SEC season. Deeps. Remember when we were going through our SEC like week by week? Every week was bangers, man. You get this garbage ACC. I mean, I'm still going to watch, but, you know. Yeah, this week <laughs> and, and next week, there's there's no, like, really that interesting college football games. I mean, it's college football, but no, like, I'm definitely more interested in NFL this week. Oh, 100%. 150,000%. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it for college football. All right, all right. So, uh, sneaking in there this week, uh, today, really, with a little bit of news, is college basketball. Uh, ACC just wants to dominate the new cycle right now, I guess, because it came out uh, that the ACC, uh, specifically spearheaded by uh, Duke's coach, Mike Krzyzewski, is presenting a plan, an idea, for the big dance to be the biggest dance yet. They are proposing to have every single Division I team play in the big dance. That's something like 300-something teams. It would be, it it would almost be too much. Uh, it, it it would be crazy. Uh, it would be unbelievable. It might be the best NCAA tournament of all time. But holy crap, to propose this and to actually have it done, um, I think there are like seven teams that are in Division One that aren't able to do it because of like realignment and then like Oklahoma State just like on like a postseason ban. But you know, even with like the three hundred something teams that would be eligible. It would be insane. Uh, as a college Rawson fan, I got to give my shot. Uh, that would mean that the Citadel would make their first uh, NCAA tournament ever. 
of all time uh, because they suck and haven't ever made it by themselves. I don't know what you guys think about this. I, I think it'd be absolutely just incredible, but also crazy. And I don't know if you might get to like the third round and you wouldn't have like you get to the traditional 64 teams and you wouldn't have like probably Duke because, you know, Duke always loses in the first or second round. Mike Krzyzewski would be done in by his own plan. And that was kind of the biggest news out of that today. I don't know. I don't know what kind of channels that has to go through to make that a thing, but it'd be definitely interesting to keep an eye on that. Uh, and then wrapping everything up that I have here, going back on the golf train, uh, Columbia is just on top of the golf world right now. What? What was that? Nothing. What? Did you just scream? Mets uh, are leading. Sorry. Oh, man. Dang. Alonzo oh, Homer. <laughs> oh, man. Continue, continue. Anyway. I didn't mean to. Dang it. We just Tyler, don't worry. I'll, I'll place a bet on the Mets real quick. There's still <laughs> one you. inning left. They can <laughs> blow you. it. They still Anyways, uh, so yeah, Dustin Johnson of Columbia, of Irmo, South Carolina, uh, is just on an absolute tear. Uh, he's basically, he's had a chance to win like his last four events. Uh, he's won two of them. He almost clean swept the playoffs. It wasn't for like the mega bomb from John Rahm that we talked about last week. DJ is just on an absolute tear. Uh, he won the, the tour championship grand prize. Uh, it was a staggered event. So he kind of started with a two stroke lead. You take that as you will, but um, it counts as an official PGA tour win. He, uh, he won the tour championship. That's $15 million in his bank account just for winning that event, uh, the season ending championship. And then uh, basically, yeah, you get the shortest off season in sports, uh, 60 hour off season. And uh, golf is going to be heading out to Napa Valley out there in one country for uh, the Safeway Open, officially starting the 2020-2021 season. Uh, they don't mess around. They get right back into it. And then we jump into the U.S. Open next uh, the week after. So a lot going on there. Uh, so congrats to DJ. Uh, great to see South Carolina on top of the golf world. And um, we'll see if he can carry over that, uh, that hot streak into the U.S. Open. NFL is back, baby. Austin. Is back. Oh, man. A full Austin. set of games. This is our last day, Austin. Uh, hmm. Do you have some words? Or... Yeah. I mean, Austin, we'll uh, miss you. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure I can feel it in the in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds authentic. Um, no, I mean, I, yeah. I, have some, I, just, I definitely want to thank everyone who supported us thus far. Um, however many listeners we have by now, honestly, thank you guys so much. We started. We've said this many times that we started this from a fantasy football group chat, and really we came from nothing. Uh, we just used what we were good at to bring you guys some good content uh, between our sports knowledge and our humor that we find funny at least, and Marino's uh, graphic design expertise. We were, those were kind of key in getting this thing going. Um, I do, I do want a written apology for when Tua comes in and blows up the league, uh, especially from our newly acquired. <laughs> you mean blows up his hip? I'm a new damn Bills fan. I want, I want his like John Hancock time. I want his big, um, yeah. But <laughs> I'll get him. It's uh, it's been a crazy year, but I'm excited for this new opportunity. COVID really kind of screwed things over for me, but you know I'm ready to go in this new direction now, and I'm excited for what it brings. I know the guys are tired of waiting on me every Wednesday night anyway, and being late, so they get some relief from that. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. That's just how why it's so 10, much fun. <laughs> It'll be sad when it's Eastern too easy. time. Marino, I'm sorry you're going to get the butt of all the uh, bad team jokes now. I mean, I probably still will, but I won't be there to hear it. So it's like a tree falls in the woods kind of thing. Very true. Um, but when I come back, 
What do you mean? I'm a fan. No, we'll, we'll, we'll include it in our Letters from Home series. Don't you worry. Uh, when I come back, I want to bring a better mic. Yes. The best damn content we've had so far. So uh, <laughs> nine weeks from now, we'll see where things go. But as always, go Cox. Fins up. Signing off for the last time. Damn. Damn, that was sad. We're about bit. to have the best nine-week stretch of... Wow, that's down. right, baby. You couldn't let it last for five seconds. <laughs> it was just getting too uh, too mushy around here. I had to, I had wow. to get things back to normal. Unbelievable. Well, we'll definitely we'll miss you, Austin. Good Thanks, luck. I'm Michelle too. But not good luck to the Dolphins. <laughs> All right. Well, we will. Uh, most of us will be back next week. We'll be excited to get to it and uh, and go everything that's happened mm. in the next seven days. And we'll see you there.